keys to peace. We're going to talk to you about peace today. First of all, that it's in you. And in Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Passion Translation says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is in the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. That is the kingdom which you and I live. It's a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. And uh, if we're ever going to have peace among men, among people, you have to realize and have a revelation that, first of all, you got peace in you. You have peace in you. A lot of people that are just uh, contrary and com- always want to confront and just, just mean. I believe they don't have any revelation, first of all, of the peace of God that is in them. And, you know, and it's always easy to be super spiritual and religious when there's nobody around your life. But when you bring people into your life, you start having relationships, it gets to be a challenge. You are looking really holy this morning. Like, honey, do you, do you understand what he's talking about? Last week, you know, I did a real short clip on Shalom and the, the Hebrew and the picture letters. Shalom, it, it comes from <clears throat> that true peace is when you destroy the authority attached to chaos. If you didn't see that, it's only about 18 minutes, 15, 18 minutes long. But true peace is when you destroy the authority attached to chaos. And there's so many times that um, we go into a chaos realm when things don't turn out right or not going right. You know, the phrase, when all hell breaks loose. How do you respond to that? How do you respond to that? And the first key to peace is knowing that, first of all, that Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and this is why we celebrate Christmas, is because that he came, and that he came to make everything right between mankind and God. He came to make things right. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The Passion Translation, verse 1, says, Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. Man, is that, man, how can you all just, just sit there and look at that? That is so awesome. I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror and when people look at me, they, sometimes they see flaws. As perfect as this body may look. <laughs> Testing, one, two. Anyway, <laughs> we see flaws in people. We see flaws in ourselves. But this verse says that Jesus has made us righteous, and because of that, now God 
declares us flawless in his eyes. That's the creator of all things. That's the holy of holies, the righteous of all righteous, the pure of all pure. God himself, the supreme being, sits there and looks at you and me and says, you know what? You look flawless in my eyes today. Man, this means we can now, continue in verse 1, this means that we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointing one, has done for us. Man. If you understand that, that, man, there is nothing between you and God, it's going to cause peace to be manifested and on the outside of you when it comes to relationships with people. If you know that you're righteous, it just causes peace to be manifested. In Isaiah 32, 17, it says, The fruit of righteousness will be peace. The fruit of righteousness will be peace. What does fruit mean? I've said this so many times, but I can't really... Give a better illustration just yet. But you know what? I have fruit trees. I love fruit. I absolutely love fruit. You know all those diets that say you shouldn't eat fruit? I, I don't do any of those. You know, I don't, do, I don't do any diets anyway. But anyway, if I did, I wouldn't pick the ones with, that you can't do fruit on. But um, I've never seen one of my fruit trees just shake and, and really working at producing fruit. I don't see the branch out there just going, I'm going to really... No, it's a natural thing. Fruit trees produce fruit. Righteousness produces peace. It's a fruit. It's an automatic thing. It's not like, I really got to work on this peace. I got to just really, I just got to. Righteousness. Now, what you need to work on is renewing your mind and understanding that you are the righteousness of God and God sees you flawless in his eyes. Therefore, if you have a revelation of that, a fruit of that's going to be peace. It says the effect of righteousness will be quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. He's talking about your house. You know, some people say, there's just so much strife going on in my house, and there's just so much stress in my house. Well, you need to take a good listen to this message, maybe listen to it ten times, and understand that because you are righteous, that peace should be dwelling and manifested in your home automatically. It's rest. You should rest in the fact that peace is not something that you have to work at. It's because you understand that you're righteous, and because of that, peace is a fruit of that. We have a choice when things go wrong. When, when you know, you, there's usually a why in the road when stuff really goes wrong. And you have a tendency, sometimes all of us do, we have a tendency to... Okay, I really want this to happen, so we, we try to force the issue to make this because this is what I want to happen. Well, there's people that just don't know about peace. The Bible talks about it in Romans 3.15. It says, their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction, and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. The ways of peace they've not known. But for you and me, that should not be. The church should know the ways of peace, and we should be walking in it. And by the way, how can we walk 
and live in peace. Well, number one, just like we said, you got to know that you're righteous. There's peace between you and God, that you are the righteousness of God. And then number two, you have to do everything that you can to have peace with people, to have peace with people. I'm not for sure I should probably look this up before I spit this out. I think it was Abraham Lincoln. It was somebody famous, okay? Uh, he said, I'm not interested in anybody's religion if it doesn't make him treat his dog better. The principle, it was funny when I thought about it, but anyway, the point is this, that if your religion, what you do does not make you or cause you to treat people better, then you're just being religious. There's people that read their Bible for hours. There's people that sit in their closet and turn the lights out and and do all kinds of stuff, and then they come out, and they're just mean as a snake. You're just being religious, my friend. You had no contact with God whatsoever. You know, having a relationship with God is not about what we do as much as who we are and our relationship with Him because it should change us to cause us to love people. And if you're not loving people, you just... Say this nice. Melody says, I can't say the S word. But my point is this. Some of you think, what S word? Just keep thinking. I'll let you think about that. But anyway, the point is this. (laughs) Some of you are still trying to wake up on this cold morning. The point is this. It should change you to cause you to love people. It should. For God so loved people that he came. Hebrews 12, 14 says this, in every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. Watch over each other that you don't miss the revelation of God's grace and make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of people. The New King James Version says, pursue peace with all people. The Living Bible says, try to stay out of all quarrels. Now, I know if you're married that, and you have friends or if you work in a, with other people. This is a challenge. It is. But I want you to know this is the Word of God. And it says that we should really make it an aim in our life to do with everything within us to pursue peace with people. Now, there's some people, I I know, I haven't been a pastor all my life. When I worked with, uh, at FedEx, there was a guy in Louisville, Kentucky. I won't mention his name because he's probably saved and living for God now. But man, he was everybody, he had zero friends, zero zero. And when people would come, you could just see, they would turn away. And it was like, There was a part of me, ever so small at that particular time in my life, that felt sorry for him. And then he would just always do something to me, and and I would just do, you know, I I didn't know this revelation back then. So I really responded in the flesh a lot back then. And it's because I didn't know the way of peace. But the bottom line is, I didn't know my father when it came to love and grace. 
I've been saved since I was seven years old. Been in church since I was seven years old. But I haven't known God like I have except for the last three, four, five years, to be honest. I've known God to a degree, but not I haven't known him as father and I haven't known him as friend. I haven't known him the way he's always wanted to me. I've struggled to know him in a religious manner. Like we read in Romans, said that the kingdom of God is not rules and regulation. My relationship with God, the majority of my life was rules and regulation because I thought that's what it took. And that's what he needed and that's what he required. Aren't you glad your relationship with your spouse and your friends isn't like that? Okay, you're going to be my friend? All right. I want you to do all the things on my list, okay? Then we'll be good friends. Okay, see how that works for you. Do that with your spouse and really see how that works for you. <laughs> we'll see if you even survive that. But anyway. But how much more does our Heavenly Father? He doesn't want that. He doesn't want that. Anyway. And I will say this. It's much easier to hear from God when you're at peace. It's much easier to hear from God. You get creative. It's easier even to walk in health. Doctors even say that, you know, if, uh, uh, if you're stressed, stress causes many diseases, and it's a, it's a known fact in the medical field. But, you know, if you even look at the word disease, it's dis-ease. Dis-ease. Your body's not at ease. There's something not right. But you and I have ease. We have peace with God. And, therefore, if you're going to walk in health, you have to be a person of peace. You have to be a person of peace. Health requires peace. Proverbs 14.30 says this, A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. So if we're going to have the optimal life, we're going to have the life that God wants us to have, you and I have to have a revelation of the peace of God that is in us. Are you getting this? This is good. The peace of God is in us. And we need to walk in it. Man, I, there was so many scriptures. I gave Chelsea about three pages worth. We won't get to them all. But I, I couldn't. And there was tons more. Just peace. Just do this. Google peace. Uh, and I don't know if you can do that. But I have this Bible software. And I can pull up hundreds of scriptures. Every scripture that has the word peace in it. Man, it's just like overwhelming. Obviously, God wants us to get this. Obviously, he knew that we would struggle in this. Obviously, he knew 2020 would be coming. But it's almost over. Hallelujah. But for us to have the optimal life, I thought of this. You know, I've seen paintings and pictures of somebody in a storm, and they're hanging onto the rock, and Jesus is the rock. And I always thought, man, that's good. And you know what the Lord showed me? He says, that's good, but that's not what I, I am. He says, when the storms come, can you just picture this rock in the, in the middle of, uh, of the ocean, and you're on it. And the storms, as the typhoon coming, and, and you're just hanging on, and, you know, that's a good picture of Jesus. And he says, no, that's not. He said, you're on the rock, 
but I am the rock and I'm holding you because a storm can blow you off the rock. But if I'm holding you, you ain't going nowhere. That's a mu- I said, thank you, Lord. That's a much better picture. Because when you're in the storm of life, there's times you feel you can't hang on. You can't hang on. And we do our best and struggle. I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got to do this. And, you know, I, I should do this better as a pastor. I just got to. And there's been so many times in my life, I think, I just got to do this better. As a pastor, I just got to be a pastor. I got to be a better pastor. Man, sometimes I just think, oh, my goodness, Lord, I just need to be a better pastor. Help me to be a better pastor. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better father. And I just, there comes a time when you just throw your hands up and say, okay, God, you're just going to have to live your life through me because I am not doing a very good job. And that's what he's waiting on. He's waiting on you and me not to hold so tight to the rock, but have a revelation that he's holding you. Amen. So how can we walk and live in peace? Number one, know you're righteous. Number two, pursue peace with people. And number three, it says in Isaiah that to keep our heart and our mind on God. Keep our heart being on God. Isaiah 26.3 says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Now, you can just read that, and, and I know people have tried to do this, that their every thought, their every action, they just, it's got to be, be about Jesus. People who usually try to make themselves do that go crazy or flaky, one of the two. And I've met people like that, unfortunately. And they think this is what God's talking about. Just every thought, you know, somebody says, oh, man, look at that cool car. No, I'm going to think about me being inside that thing with the foot all the way down. That's what I'm going to think about. God is, this is not what that scripture means. Everybody take a deep breath. Here we go. It means this. David says this. He says, my tongue is like the ready writer who writes on the tablet of my heart. My tongue does that. Now, just follow me on this little short journey. I've learned scripture and meditated on scripture. And there's been times that I've done it and I've just placed it between my two ears. And then when a situation would arise, that would never come to my mind. The scripture wouldn't come to my mind. But when I have a revelation of scripture and I've quoted it and I've memorized it, and it's just more than just words on a page or something that I've memorized, but it's written on my heart. Then when a problem comes, that comes up out of me. Keeping my mind on him because it was written on my heart. You see the difference? And so when a, a symptom or a sickness tries to come upon me, you know, I challenge you. I challenge you. Don't immediately respond to the med- medicine cabinet. Nothing wrong with medicine. Nothing wrong. Don't anybody feel guilty or condemned because, oh, man. Uh, several years ago, uh, I was having headaches just about every day of my life. So I was popping Excedrin like it was M&M candy. And uh, for 12 months, one solid year, I took Excedrin every day of my life. Every day of my life. And I knew that wasn't good for me. Duh. 
And yet, if I didn't take it, you know, I would get a headache. So I just made sure I took it. And uh, I snuck because I did not want Melody to know that because she would not be happy, especially with her not only being a nurse, but well, anyway, we won't go there. But uh, so anyway, I, I, I went to a doctor and, you know, just I wanted some kind of relief. He says, well, the first thing you need to do is just stop it. Stop taking that, etc." And he says, you're going to have a headache that ain't you, like you've never had before. He wasn't sympathetic at all. I was hoping that he would give me, okay, can you give me something during this time? No, just suck it up. Man, and the day came, I quit, and for 24 hours, I had a migraine. You know, I thought, Jesus, if you can come, this would be a good time for you to come right now. I mean, I was in so much pain and everything, and so uh, I got through that. My point is this. For the last, I don't know how many, how long it's been since I haven't taken any kind of medication, for my body, and it's because I'm getting more of a revelation instead of reaching for something. When a symptom comes on my body, I go, This body's a temple of God. That just comes up out of my heart. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I reject that pain in my head, I reject that soreness in my throat. I reject this in the name of Jesus. So, what's going on? What's going on now? It's totally different now. The first thing that can come to my mind is there's times that I would panic if I went for the Excedrin bottle and it, there was none. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was drug addict city. You know what I mean? It was. But now it's like the word of God is written on my heart and those scriptures start coming up out of me. So if you're going to have peace in your heart, that needs I don't know about you, but I have more victory over symptoms and sickness. About a year ago, everybody, about 2.30 in the morning, I was sleeping soundly. Melody comes in 2.30 in the morning, and she she shakes me, wakes me up, says, Mike, you got to get up. Everybody in the house is sick, and even me, and I can't take care of the boys. You need to get up and take care of the boys. I went, Okay. And as soon as my feet hit the floor, my stomach starts going, you know, that feeling like, we're getting ready to throw up, boys. <laughs> and so I just, the first thought that came to my mind is this, absolutely not. I will not throw up because I'm the healer of the Lord. Sickness cannot stay on my body. It cannot. I said, you attacked me while I was sleeping. That's dirty. But even if it, that you did, I will have victory over you. So I got up, and I took care of all the puke. Everybody was puking. Everybody. It was a horrible night. And uh, so I got everybody. I went, got dressed, had to go to 7-Eleven, get 7-Up at 2.30 in the morning, went back and got everybody 7-Up, got everybody tucked in bed, and my stomach was still going. So I just stopped, and I walked for 20 minutes. That's what it took, 20 minutes walking around in my house taking authority over it and saying, I will not. And after the 21st minute, I felt just as good as I feel right now. The point is this. We accept sickness sometimes, most of the time. 
And I'm just telling you, it doesn't have to be that way. And I'm telling you this not to bring condemnation or guilt. This has just happened to me. I've believed in healing since uh, I graduated from Raymond since 89, since 1980, probably five, when I went to a church that believed in healing. So since 1985, you could say I believed in healing. My point is this, to have the peace of God manifested, it can't just be between our ears. It's got to be something written in our heart, and it's a rest. It's not something I have to struggle or work at. Oh, dear God, i got to get this healing. i just got to get it, honey. Just go toward the medicine cabinet. Just go towards the medicine cabinet because you ain't going to get it. But this is my point. This is what God wants for you. This is what I want for my family. This is what I want for my churches. I want this for everybody. There's no condemnation. You know what? I didn't even condemn myself when I was taking Excedrin every day. All I knew is I wanted relief. How do you spell relief? Excedrin. However you spell it. But anyway, this is what Jesus wants you to. How do you want relief? P-E-A-C-E, peace. The peace of God. I'm not going to be able to finish. I have five points, but you get those first three. You get those first three. And listen, talk to God about this. Jesus came so that we can have victory in our life. This works with finances. This works with relationships. This works with healing. What I'm telling you will work in every area of your life that you're struggling in. It does. Do I bat a thousand? No, I'm not. There's been a couple of times this year where it took more than a few minutes, a few hours. But I'm telling you this, the word of God does not return void. When you have a revelation of it and it's in your heart, like David said, my tongue is a like the pen of a ready writer, and it writes on my heart. It's engraved in my heart. What does that mean? When trouble arises, the storm arises, this comes out. Instead of what comes out between your ears, which no telling what that is. No telling what that is. But the peace of God is in you. The ability for us, for our mind to be on him, it first has to be written on your heart. And once it's written on your heart, It'll come out of your mouth. I don't have to sit there and go, okay, I got to get this into me. I got to get the word into me. Honey, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not going to put God in a box. I'm not. Some people, I've heard ministers say, well, that just won't work. I've come to the conclusion that, you know what, a lot of things we think that don't work, God is so merciful, so gracious. He's not trying to say, no, you didn't do it long enough. Come on, keep confessing. You got 321 more times to confess that, and then I'll do it. Really? You know what he's saying? I've already provided that for you. If you believe it in your heart, you don't have to worry about working for it, trying to get a hold of it, or confess it into existence. I don't have to confess something to existence that already exists in me. I just have to believe it out of my heart, and I'll confess what I know is true. There's a big difference between confessing the word and knowing the word and confessing what comes out of the heart. Confession is a powerful thing if it comes from the heart instead of between your ears. Let's stand. Praise God. That was a good introduction. Can you say amen? God wants to help us.
And the great thing is he's so merciful and patient. Not one time in that year that I took Exeteran every day, God was up there going, you big idiot. You know what he was doing? He was holding me in the storm. He was holding on to me. He says, I got you, Mike. I got you. And I didn't even know that he got me. You know why? Because I was too busy trying to take care of Mike himself. Isn't that an easy thing to do? We get so busy in life, we try to take care of everything ourselves. Lord, I want you to know that, won't you just let crawl up here on my lap and let me hold you? Just let me hold you. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to work it out. Just let me hold you. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. The Prince of Peace has come. And he just didn't come. He came to dwell in mankind. He became man. So that he can truly relate to man. He knows what we go through. He knows the sickness and the symptoms. He knows things tried to attack him. People were mean to him. People ridiculed him. People lied about him. So he knows all of those things. But I'm so thankful that the Prince of Peace now lives in us. And he's desiring today for that peace not only to manifest in our lives, but through our lives, outside of our life, the peace of God to be manifested.